hundredfoot of men. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Wow, the salt and the light. And what we have to remember, a lot of, a lot of times this passage is preached just like I'm preaching it today, separate from the verses before. But in all honesty, it's not separate. Jesus is giving an illustration of what it looks like to have the character of the kingdom. Remember, we, we went through the Beatitudes over, oh, well, it's been a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we started going through the Beatitudes, and, and we found out that, that we are to be humble. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Humble, not someone who's always being self-promotive. We are to mourn over our sinfulness. Because of that humility, we have a good picture of who we are in relation to who God is, and we mourn our sinfulness, but rejoice in the fact that we have been forgiven. We are to be meek. Now, that's not weak, but that's to have strength under control. We are to be merciful. We are to be pure in heart. We are to be peacekeepers. We are to be, and, and the, because of all that, we find that we may be persecuted because of that righteousness. Remember, Jesus was preaching against the righteousness of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and their religious attitudes that didn't lift up the Lord, but lifted up themselves. So he gave us these attributes. And then he goes on and says, hey, listen up. You are the salt of the world. Now, I love salt. Probably too much. I've had too much salt, I think, I've blown up to this week a little bit. Need to drink lots of water and get rid of that so I can go back down a belt notch. But salt brings flavor to this world. It is very flavorful. My wife loves salt and sugar. And she eats some, you know, she eats her salty and her sugary every night and still says thin and it just isn't fair. <laughs> now she will tell me. She told me today, I've gained eight pounds this last year. That means serious trouble at our house. I think she looks great, but um, I don't argue with her. I just, whatever, honey. Salt brings flavor, but also salt stops decay. My wife for Christmas gave me a book, The History of Cooking in Florida. I thought it would be recipes and stuff. you know. No, it goes all the way back to the, the cavemen era. You know, the, all the Indians in the different spots around and what they ate and how they would grind up acorns and boil them and make stuff out of it. And I'm hoping to get to the good stuff soon. <laughs> but what, the, what has always been known and what has always been done is salting things to preserve them so that they don't rot so fast. I grew up eating smoked mullet. We used to get them off the side of the bridge. When we lived in Pinehouse Park, my dad, he was a trooper, and he'd, he'd go over to Howard Franklin Bridge, and there was a little shack next to the bridge, and the guy smoked mullet there, and he'd, he'd get them. And he decided he didn't want to pay for them anymore, so he got a cast net, and we'd start to go out fishing, and he'd do it. But you salt them, and you smoke them on a grill, and it's wonderful stuff. Yeah, and I know most people think mullet's bait. I know, I got you. 
But salt stops decaying. And, and light, well, what can we say about light? It chases away the darkness. So what Jesus is telling us here and what he is, he is encouraging us here is to take those characteristics that we are to be living out as, as dwellers in the kingdom of God, as, we, as believers in Christ, we are to live out those attributes that we saw in the, in the Beatitudes, those attitudes, we are to live them out. And when we live those out, we act as salt. And we give this world flavor, and we, 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 we slow down the decay. It also, we bring light to the darkness in this world. So this morning, I just want you to, to realize this. We must act as salt and light in this world. He goes in here and he tells us what happens when we don't. When salt lost its savor, when it lost its saltiness, what does it do? They throw it out. We have no impact. And when we hide our light, no one can see. So this morning, let me give you some reasons that we should be salt and light in this world. The first reason is this. This world is decaying. We are the salt of the earth. The salt is lost its savor. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. This world is decaying, and the first place it's decaying at is in the family. Genesis chapter 2 is where we see the family put together. We see the family institution institutionalized. So the Bible says this, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. There is the family. And we are living in a time where the family is decaying like no other time in history. Do you realize that 48% of American children are born to a mother who's not married? 43% of American children live without a father in the home. 50% of Americans over 18 are married compared with 72% in 1960. Americans are having so few children that the family rate fell to a record low 62.9 births per 1,000 women in 2013 and an increasing number of states there is now more deaths than births. Families are falling apart. The family institution has been attacked, and we as believers must be sought to stop that decay. The sad part of a lot of these statistics is they, they it's common in the Christian community also. Somehow we've kind of lost our way. We've lost our savor. I teach a parenting class, and... Um, We'll be doing that in a little while, <laughs> working on discipline this week. But uh, listen, there, there, are, there are not normal families anymore. A normal family is not a, a father and a mother and children. It's a father and some children, or a mother and some children, or a father and a mother with children from another marriage. It's just nothing is like we once thought it should be. 
our families are decaying. And as we live out, as we live out these, these, this, this character, we can stop that decay. We can show people what it looks like to have a great family. And by the way, there's all sorts of things going on. God has a way of putting families and units back together and make wonderful things. Not only is our fam- are the families decaying, but our society's de- decaying. It's declining. All around the world, society is declining. Uh, did a little research. One of the things is, is a decline in education we see in our, our country. It says, compared with nearly all of American history, the average American school teaches much less about important subjects such as American history, history English grammar, literature, music, and art. They're teaching other things to get through to take a test so that they can get funds. Pornography, the internet has brought great blessings, but it's also brought great cursings. Internet pornography is rampant, and it is tearing our society apart. We have a declining community. I look out here, I I see an older crowd. And you all, have, you all experienced great community. You hung out together. You had bowling leagues together, clubs together, neighborhood cookouts and all. That's going away. Younger generations don't do that very well. It's sad. It said there's a weakened sense of community and neighborliness. It's seen in the first social evil. It says that, that the people who were interviewed for this article said that, that their neighbors no longer looked out for each other or even knew each other. This leaves people feeling isolated, lonely, and fearful, particularly the elderly or those on their own. One man was quoted saying, community spirit has broken down terribly over the last 20 to 30 years. Society has not changed. It's a lot, our society has changed. It's a lot more selfish in me Myself and I. Community is, society's work breaking down. Our culture is breaking down. I saw this and I, I thought, what? There's a little thing said, the end of male and female. Do you know if you sign up on Facebook, you're offered 60 options under the category gender? I didn't know there were 60 genders. I think I'm going to have to go to Facebook and find out what all those 60 are. Maybe I'm not what I thought I was. The end. <laughs> oh, that's great. We have the end of right and wrong. At least two generations of American young people have been taught that, that moral categories are nothing more than personal preferences. Uh, recently, a professor of philosophy wrote an opinion piece in the New York Times titled, Why Our Children Don't Think they are moral, There Are Moral Facts. And he noted, without fail, every value claim is labeled an opinion. Do you realize that when, we, when morality becomes an opinion, our culture breaks down? There are some truth. There is truth. There is right and wrong. Even says that one of the breakdowns of our, our culture is a, 
end of religion. There are no moral truths because there's no longer religious basis for morality. That religious basis, that morality, the basis for morality is always found in the Bible. It's one of the reasons that American Christians were different from most European Christians. The Bible guided our founders and our values, but not anymore. It's being guided by a code that's, well, they make up. Americans are taught to rely on their feelings to determine how to behave. Instead of being given moral guidance, children are asked, well, how do you feel about that? Hmm. You see, this world is decaying, and, and we have values. We have the truth. We have all of those things. That, and when we live out the, the characteristics of the kingdom, people are going to, to look at us and they're going to say, there's something different. What's going on in your world? Why is this? Why are you not upset about this? Or what, what's happening? We can help stop or slow the decay that's going on. This last week, uh, Thursday, somebody came by here and said, what are all those cars? Thursday morning, we hosted a, a meeting. It was with the county. There were county officials there. There were some business officials there. There were youth pastors there. Um, it was about, these folks are very concerned about our youth. What do they do here? Where do youth go to do, to do whatever they do? You realize there's not much for kids to do here in this area. You know, they go to the mall, but the, the, you ever been at the mall? Kids are walking around, but watch those security guards. They're watching those kids falling around. And, all, and a lot of other people give them that evil eye too. But where else do they go? So this group of people are really concerned about, about um, what youth are doing and a place for them to go and something for them to do. So we've got to give a little bit of a, a help. Our youth pastors and, and our churches work with youth all the time. We know what they're going through. We know what's going on. And we have had to break through a barrier that has been caused in our society between church and state. They were really happy to find out that we weren't mean, crazy people. And I was really happy to find out that they weren't mean, crazy people. Folks, let me tell you something. One of the things that's going on in our world is, is through the media we see extremes. You see the extremes of Christians where we're portrayed as, as strange and odd people through, through media of all types. And then as believers, we see portrayals in the type of media we watch that everything government does, they're out to get us. They're out to put us away. You know what? That's really not the truth. I had an opportunity to tell these community leaders some of the things that we had planned here at Sunshine. I told them about our core project. Oh, by the way, the Bobsy Twins, thank you so much. That's Bob, <laughs> Bob Beamer and Bob Collett. They've been out there uh, chopping down uh, Brazilian pepper trees. You can see them all around that pond. They're cleaning it out. By the way, if you want to fish, you better go do it now because there's all sorts of fish in there, and if people start fishing it, they'll be gone quick. When I uh, mentioned that we wanted to turn this into a, an area where 
uh, kids could come play with a football field and four soccer fields and a walking track, something for the community to come here so that we can have an opportunity to minister to them, so that we can earn the, the right to minister to them. County guy was real, real, real uh, impressed. He goes, well, show me what you want to do. And as he was walking away, he says, I think I can probably help you with some of that stuff. Once you get your permits, you talk to me, I might be able to get some people out here to do some work. Who knew? I was ready to go fight. Listen, that's being salt. When we engage with our community, when we engage with those around us, when we live out the Christian character, we are being salt. We are preserving the decay of our society, of our families, and of our culture. Not only that, this world's dark. Matthew 5, 14, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Charlie, remember we were in the boat on the Sea of Galilee? And I said, look up over on those hills. It's all these cities up there. There are some that are from the time of Christ. And um, uh, you realize that the, this was, as Jesus was preaching this, this Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's, on the, it's on one of the sides of, the, of uh, the Sea of Galilee. And he's just, I can see him preaching, just pointing out to that, that city on the hill that's a light. Listen, these, this world is evil. John 3.19 says this, and this is the condemnation, that light is coming into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Genesis 6.5 says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Romans 1 verses 28 to 32 just goes through how evil and wicked this world is because they've turned away from God. I don't think you all have to, to imagine too much. We had another school shooting. Another child went out and killed a bunch of other children. It's an awful thing going on. There's evil all over this world and we are to be light. We are to live our lives out, out loud. We are to light this world. We are to bring light into darkness. I'm looking around. She's not in here. Cynthia is not in here, so I'm going to talk about her. <laughs> Cynthia works at Fifth Third Bank. The branch right over here on Kings Highway. Um, I don't know that anyone in there is a believer. One of the girls may be because she, she went to a good news club years ago at Liberty Elementary and he was a friend of Zach's at that time. Maybe. But Cynthia brings light into that office every day. Those girls now ask her to pray for them. When they have a problem, they call her. When they even call me. One of them allowed me to do their wedding. It was, it was an awesome honor. Listen, when she was in Lake Mary, she did, again, she worked in a, in a bank, uh, another fifth, third bank, two different branches, she brought light and salt into this darkness. Because listen, these folks don't live like a believer does. And they wonder, what's going on? How can she do that? 
Listen, we have no problem understanding this world is decaying and this world is evil, and we as believers must act as salt and light. But how do you do that? Let me review this a little. Number one, we have to exhibit the character of the kingdom. Remember, that's that, that, that stuff that we did in, in the Beatitudes. But here's another place you can find it. Galatians, if you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to start reading what the character of the world is. Galatians 5.16 says this. Then I say, then walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornications, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, by the way, he also goes on to say that's what we did in time past. That's our character of the past before we come to know Christ. I've got a list of all these things. The ones that really come up, just a couple of them, adultery and fornication, pretty self-explanatory. Um, uncleanness means just that, a filthiness of the heart. It makes a person defiled. Lasciviousness is, is really close to our word debauchery. It speaks of a wanton appetite that knows no shame. Idolatry. <laughs> Idolatry is simply putting things ahead of God and people. Witchcraft, well, we think we know what that is, but it's from the Greek word pharmakia, which we get pharmacy from. It's the use of drugs. Magicians back in that time would use drugs to bring their evil effects out. Hatred means enmity, the very attitude in mind uh, of mind that defies and, and challenges others. Listen, seditions, heresies, drunkenness, murders. A person who, who practices these sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul is talking about an act of sin, but of habit of sin. There is a false assurance of salvation that is not based on the Word of God, when people are continually living in this, they can't be part of the kingdom of God. Paul goes on and tells us what that character of the kingdom is. Verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, and the afflictions and the lust, if we live in the Spirit, we shall also walk in the Spirit. Characteristics that, that God wants us, wants in our lives uh, are, are, are these. And it begins with love because all the other fruit of the Spirit, all the other uh, characteristics of the kingdom, of the character of the kingdom, stem from love. From love, we have joy or an inward peace and sufficiency. Can't be affected by the outside circumstances. Put love and joy together and you get peace. Philippians says, the peace, which, the peace of God which passes all understanding. 
long-suffering. That's courageous endurance without quitting. Gentleness, that's kindness. Goodness, love and action. The Christian who's long-suffering, he's not going to avenge himself or, or wish difficulties on those who oppose him. I don't know, anybody a Philadelphia Eagle fan in here? No? Okay. Just a couple. I'm sure there's Philadelphia Eagle fans that are believers that are wishing bad things on Tom Brady this week. Just had to put that in just a little bit. I won't be, I'll be teaching my class. I won't be watching the game. <laughs> Listen, we're to be faithful, dependable, the right use of power, meekness, power under control, temperance, self-control. These are the characteristics. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is what we are to live out every day in front of all those who are around us. Those people we work with. Those people we go to the store to. Those people we go to the bank with. Cindy was telling me that somebody called her boss and just railed on her. Had her in tears. Her boss was a pretty tough girl. Some of y'all met her. She came and did a seminar on finances a year ago. She's a tough girl. This guy must have really wore out. And she agreed to do what he wanted right at the beginning of the call. I hope that guy doesn't claim to be a believer. Years ago, in, when Cynthia worked at a bank in uh, uh, Orange Park, Florida, while I was going to Bible college, there was a preacher from Middleburg that he would come and he was just the meanest guy to the, to the people there. Wasn't salt, wasn't light, didn't produce this, this fruit of the Spirit. See, that's the character we have to live out wherever we are. Last point. We have to love Jesus. If we are going to live out this character, if we're going to be salt and light, we have to love Jesus more than we fear men. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Jesus is talking to his disciples about the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who, when you receive Christ as your Savior, resides, takes up residence inside you to give you the power, to give you the knowledge, to give you the ability to live out this character. John 14, verses 24 to 27. He that loveth me not keepeth, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Acts 1.8 But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and, all, and uh, all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And I tell you, part of being a witness is to live out this character, to be salt and light, and he gives us the power to do that. 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect, 
that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Here's the thing, folks. You ask somebody, you ask a teenager why they don't carry their Bible to church or to school. Ask them why they live a double life. They, 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 they're one way at church and when they're around their youth group and another way at school. The answer is they're afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid to be salt and light. Ask an adult why they don't live out their lives. Well, somebody might criticize me. They're afraid. But when we love Jesus more than we fear men, we can live our lives out boldly. We can live out the gospel, and we have a power to share the gospel. When we are doing that, we will slow down the decay of this world. We will bring light into the evil of this world. And we will see God do miraculous things. I want to share one more little thing with you um, before I close this. Because to me, this is miraculous. Been working on some of you may know what you saw in the, in the bulletin that tonight we're having our our uh, annual business meeting. And in doing this, I put through, went through, and and put ministry results from last year. Last year, because of the efforts of this ministry through here on the campus, through youth camps, through mission trips, through working with. Good News Club, through working with Wildlife at the Middle School, through working with Young Life, through all of our outreach ministries directly coming from here and out, we saw 100 professions of faith. That's the result of being soft and light in this world. That's the result of loving God more, loving Jesus more than fearing men. That's, that is a a picture of the power of God working through people who are so imperfect. That is a picture of the kingdom. Here this morning, and you never trusted Christ as Savior. Maybe when I read that list of things, some Galatians, the fruit of the, the, the fruit of the flesh, the lust of the flesh. Maybe you're still living in there. Jesus came. He came into this dark world. He is the light of the world. He has preserved this world. He has preserved it through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Here this morning, you've never asked Christ into your life. You've never asked him to be your savior. You can do that this morning. He makes it so simple in fact, I think it, 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 I think it messes us up because it is so simple. It's so simple because he did it all, and all we have to do is take the gift. If you're here this morning, 
and you've never received Christ as your Savior, in just a minute we're going to have a, an invitation time. And we would be happy to open God's Word and walk you through it so that you can have assurance that you're part of the kingdom of God, that you'll be going to heaven. And if you're here this morning, and you say, well, hmm, I've not been, I've been a little dark. I've been kind of hiding my light under a bushel, and, and maybe I've been not so salty. Now's the time. I repent of that. Say, I'm going to be salt. I'm going to be light. I'm going to, I'm going to live out the character. I'm going to live out the fruit of the Spirit to make a difference in this world for the glory of God.